0: what's up everyone and welcome to the raise the geek podcast where geek is all we speak this is our limited series loki number six where we talk all about the season finale that's right season finale for all times always now streaming on disney plus and by we i mean chris and don i saw you taking a sip while you did that let's go (laughs) i'm keeping that one too (laughs) why not All right, Don, we made it. Six weeks of doing two shows a week. Loki number six, the season finale, which was a nice surprise to see coming, which we are going to talk all about it. Don, Friday night, how was your week, man? How you doing?
1: Chris, what's up, my friend? Yes, once again, recording our final special edition episode of Loki, Loki number six. Uh, I'm doing well. Glad to make it to the weekend again, as always doing okay didn't get in that friday nap like i talked about last time like how important friday naps are didn't didn't catch that one this time just other stuff going on in life but uh i'm here for it as usual ready to talk loki with you my man
0: yeah i'm pumped up been a long week I had surprise yeah. vet bills and animal troubles that have now canceled a, a weekend getaway in Oklahoma that I was super excited about finally getting out and about and getting some swimming and some hanging out with friends. And now it's got postponed for a couple more weeks to heal the dog. So, you know, yeah. that stuff happens when you got pets.
1: <laughs> we, love, we love pets, but they become priorities in life. Something goes wrong with your pet, you got to drop everything and take care of them you gotta you gotta we love, so we love our dogs and puppies
0: yeah yeah they're great so i i don't regret it but yeah it's one of those things where i'm like uh but that gives me a little bit because i was a little nervous about recording this and waiting for knowing that i'm gonna have to get up early in the morning to drive to oklahoma so i was super pumped about no
1: more your dog said nope yep. you're staying here.
0: <laughs> she was like you are gonna hang out with me the idea of you know Boarding the dog with that was already dealing with high stress, so hanging out with the dog this week. But right now, I'm hanging out with you, so let's jump into some Loki talk, man. You ready? Absolutely. But first, make oh, sure you like. But. Oh, there's a butt first. You guys, make sure you like and subscribe to this show on podcasts and social media services. We are everywhere. Hit us up with a review. We're looking for five stars. If you want to join the conversation, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at raise a Geek. And if you want to email us, shoot us an email at raise at gmail.com. This week, the show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Enter ad here. All right, Don. Business is out of the way. We're back. we're back. We're back. We're back. Business is out of the way. It's time to talk all about... Deadpool and Korg react to the free guy trailer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, nice little, uh, what's the word for it? Like uh fake out. What's fake another? Out. I was trying to think of something smarter for than The word fake out, but fake out. nice <laughs> fake out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We got this week uh, a little thing released by Ryan Reynolds himself. Uh, on his youtube page i think was the first place to for it to be posted but a video of him as deadpool um doing a react trailer react video to the ryan reynolds movie free guy which we've seen the trailers for before and it was i think it was a trailer during black widow as well but i watched it before that so this was my third time seeing that trailer but this time it was through the eyes of deadpool sitting on a couch um, Doing a react. So it was kind of a meta cool little thing they put together. Yeah. Uh, the most interesting thing about it is Deadpool is joined by Korg, who you'll know from Thor Ragnarok, uh, a character introduced in that movie, like a comedic addition to the Thor franchise, a uh, big guy made out of rocks. And he is voiced by Taika YTT who is also the director of thor ragnarok um so that was cool interesting little like a fun little like i said meta beyond the fourth wall kind of a thing the most interesting part about it right is that this is our first inkling to um deadpool being included in the mcu Mm -hmm. It's, it's like his first interaction with anybody involved in the mcu so that's like the thing that mostly everybody's talking about like well he's here now he's 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 part of it he's in the mcu this is like his first little funny addition like you can't do it any any more of a deadpool kind of way than doing a react video to a ryan reynolds movie i don't know right yeah. yeah, and
0: I, I absolutely hate that. If you look that, try to look up this video on YouTube. There's a bunch of people that are labeling it as a Deadpool, th- Deadpool three teaser to try to get those clicks. That's frustrating. But I didn't realize yeah. until right this moment. And you might have said it, and I might have heard it subconsciously while I actually saw it while I was looking up the information. But Korg was actually voiced by Taiki Waititi. Yeah, I did so it was. The, did you say that a <laughs> minute ago? All right. yeah, I, I think so. I pay attention yeah. to my buddy Don.
1: <laughs> you have to listen. You have to listen.
0: I was trying to see who posted it first. You had me. Uh, you had me wondering. So I was trying to find an <laughs> yeah. answer, and I stopped listening. But yes, that's. It was entertaining for what it was.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you could. They did this because Tyka YTT is the villain and free guy, so it's like both of their movies. So it wasn't like an easy way for both of them to do it. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool that I got approval from uh, Marvel Studios to do this because you would think maybe they wouldn't be super keen on that idea yet because the Deadpool three plans are still kind of open and hasn't really, you know, formulated into anything solid yet. It's just the ideas out there. We've seen some things that Disney said, yes, there will be a Deadpool three. We don't know when we don't know what it'll be. Uh, yeah, it, it probably will still be rated R. I know that's one thing people were concerned about when uh, Deadpool, the rights from Fox went to Disney. Like, will it be rated R still? Um, and we've talked about before about rated R movies that they're not, it's not always super important, but like just the themes and feels from Deadpool 1 and 2, both being R, like a Deadpool 3 not being R would be weird. It would be very strange if they went the PG-13 route. It was like Die Hard
0: when Die Hard 4 came out as PG-13 after you watched the original trilogy at Rated R and all of a sudden you're like, wait, Die Hard's PG-13? I
1: don't want to watch that. Oh, that was a thing? I don't even know.
0: Die Hard went PG-13. Terminator went PG-13. Yeah. For Terminator 4, Terminator Salvation with Christian Bale, that was PG-13 where the first three were R. So sometimes it happens, but then it never works out well
1: yeah yeah i think it's important that Deadpool three re- retain its like feel from the first two movies so yeah if they we'll have see, a way to... sorry no go ahead i was gonna say if
0: they have a way to do that at pg-13 if they're able to do a pg-13 movie but it can keep all of that feel and they find a meta way to work around the language i'm cool with that but if you can't keep that same theme at pg-13 then don't do it
1: yeah, I mean, they may shoot for an R, but maybe, like, a softer R, like, not a, not as many F-bombs and, like, blood, but there's, they could still have some of it in there. I don't know. Who knows what they're going to do? Like I said, we don't even know when Deadpool 3 will be a thing, but yeah. it's, fun to see, it's fun to see this little, like, kind of a tease and window into knowing, like, yeah, Deadpool is a, like, part of the MCU in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was so super... It was cool on that. They had some couple one-liners. Some of the, the the Taiki YTT jokes hit a little bit harder now that I know that that's who's voiced Korg. So that actually helps <laughs> yeah. me now. Um, I, they were funnier than I thought they were going to be. I was thinking like, oh, that's who directed Korg. But Korg, you know, obviously isn't a real being. It's a CGI creature. So <laughs> that's, you know, that's where my brain was when I was watching it. So now I put it together and ha <laughs> ha all the puzzle
1: pieces are finally fitting together
0: (laughs) it all worked together told you it's been a long week it's been a long week and don i want to talk about some loki man because we haven't even had a chance to talk about this at all so outside of a couple little texts of making sure you were able to go spoiler free before the episode dropped first off did you make it
1: oh yeah absolutely uh On that Wednesday, this so Wednesday of this week that just passed when Loki was released, I like totally stayed off the Internet 100 percent, which should be easy enough because I'm at work anyway. So I shouldn't be on the Internet, but (laughs) I do it all the time. Uh, Yeah, but completely stayed off it because I know how people are and they like to spoil things and they just some people. I don't know what it is. just need to be the first one to talk about something and tell, you know. And especially on a show like on a show that's just available, you know, the night before at midnight, it just makes it so much easier to be spoiled. So, yeah, I stayed off the Internet the entire day until I was able to watch it. And it was glorious Uh, for mental health reasons. I suggest everybody take a small Internet break from time to time because it can be a terrible place, a good place too at times. But it can be a terrible place full of spoilers and crap like that. So I was, I was very happy to avoid those.
0: Now, was there anything that you stumbled upon after you watched it and resumed your social media ways? Did you see, did anything pop at you quickly or do you think
1: people were being cool? Uh, it seemed like, I mean, I'm using the internet mostly nowadays, like, um, on our twitter page for our podcast mostly yeah. and a lot of the people i follow on there I, after i went on the internet after everybody seemed like man everyone was just being cool and chill about it uh, they understand that it's important to all of us to you know preserve these things like this uh, especially something that may contain a surprise or a big reveal like most like, people get the idea like, like we this got- show. Yeah. So most people get that it's, uh, you know, just being cool people and not spoiling anything and still now going on line now, like only a few people are talking about it and it's, it's been two days. So everyone's kind of being chill and never letting everybody take it in at their own pace. Not everybody can watch it at midnight. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been nice to see.
0: Yeah. I saw the YouTube videos pop up relatively quickly um so they were they came out pretty quick but there weren't spoilers unless you clicked on them so you know like the yeah. screen and the image and the titles weren't spoilery um i i stayed away from everything as well not that i'm on as much but i stayed away as well but was able to watch it in the middle of wednesday i watched it for lunch so yeah i was like i just gotta get this in i gotta get it in.
1: Well, unlike that, unlike all those things, people on the internet, we are going to be very spoiler here in our conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about everything.
0: Everything. That's what we're here for. And I think by this point in this adventure, we are all on together. You should be ready for it. So hopefully, you watched Loki episode six what was it called the he who must be not named nope for all time always is what it's called (laughs) Um, (laughs) i got harry potter on the brain for some reason he must not be named yeah Um, but episode six of marvel studios loki for all all time always the finale the season finale let's talk about it don overall man just just a simple no 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 diving into it was it everything you wanted it to be or was it lacking
1: See, here's the thing. Everything I wanted it to be would have been like all this stuff that I could get into. Um, I wanted to see this. I wanted to see this. I wanted to see this. And like, they'll never make the perfect show for you um, where you get every single thing you want. But as far as did it satisfy me and was I entertained? Yes, absolutely. Um, I thought that the show gave us a lot of answers and explanation that we've been waiting to see uh, since the beginning of this and not even just the beginning of the series but also since like the beginning of phase four uh, it's answered a lot of you know burning questions and just thoughts we've had like some closure to some of those but it also opening the door to a lot of other things that are to come uh, and I feel like so far in phase four what we've had three shows and one movie Um, this show series as a whole has probably done the best at that, uh, kind of scratching that itch a little bit for wanting to know what's going on and where we're going. Mm -hmm. Um, we got some of that out of the previous things, but like I said, this show just did it the best and has done it the most complete so far, um, as a, well, we'll talk about the series as a whole later but this episode was very satisfying to me uh i really enjoyed it watched it a second time today one just to feel out a little better what we're going to talk about here but i also just wanted to watch it again because i enjoyed it that much um so yeah what'd you think of this episode
0: oh it was great it was what i wanted Um, the thing the thing that's really interesting for me And this is not really spoilery for what we're, what's coming up, but Don and I did already record our black widow conversation. So we went all into that. That should be coming out a few days after you hear this one. So definitely uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it, but it's really crazy that we have this MCU movie in theaters. And I would have never imagined that a show on Disney plus was going to move the narrative along so much further than a movie. And, all the feelings I got watching this finale of excitement and just wonder and wondering, like, I mean, I watched this finale at the edge of my seat, just wondering what they were going to do. I cheered at certain moments when elevator doors open, I was so involved in this and just so engaged in, Oh my God, what happened and what does this mean? And what can I theorize about? And I spent last weekend sitting in a movie theater where I felt none of that. And it's just crazy that a Disney plus show seems to be where the MCU, at least as of right now, is putting all of their phase four building in in these shows and it's just kind of crazy to me but it's it was it was great
1: yeah to expand on what you said a little bit i saw somebody a while back on the um good old internet that we were just talking about uh saying oh there's no way that in this show this will happen and what you guys think might happen could happen because it's it's a tv show they want all their big stuff to be in the movies like disney or marvel studios is is proving once again that like they don't care where they put their biggest stuff they just want to put it out there and like they know the value of these shows is on the same level as their movies uh we kind of thought that the shows might just be bridges to the movies like bridging one movie to the next but this sh- this series kind of proved that You know, this is appointment watching just as much as any movie would be. If you want to, you know, if you're an MCU fan and you want the whole story and some, you know, some of the most important things of the of our grand full story are being told on these shows. Um, So I really like that. I'm glad that there's multiple ways to take this in. Um, Yeah, and well,
0: people people don't people underestimate how important these streaming services are for these companies and how important, like we are in a streaming wars at the moment where all of these people are trying to, Jump on how do we get people to subscribe? Netflix is panicking, trying to figure out as they're losing all of their shows as everyone's starting their own streaming services. And they're like, Oh, we used to have friends now, HBO's got friends, we used to have the office now, Peacock's got the office. Oh, we used to have this. And Netflix is like, We have to create enough stuff in our own content to be able to get people to want to stay subscribed to us. And Disney's like, We want you to come over by us, look at these MCU shows because now of course they're going to make those shows awesome because they want to keep you subscribed to Disney plus and they want to get you. I mean, can you imagine not in some way being at least having access to Disney plus with these things going on? If you are a fan.
1: No, absolutely not. And add star Wars into that too. Like two of the biggest uh, franchises in the world are the Disney plus is the exclusive home for them, you know? So,
0: yeah. So I know it's, you can't underestimate the, the power of the subscription and you know, you make more money at six bucks a month than you do at the movie theater <laughs> because it's at that true. movie theater, you might get the $15 for the movie ticket. And you might make your little bit of money, but six bucks a month never stops. It's true. It, I'm sure it adds up in the long, run. but let's talk about this episode a little bit full spoilers. Like I said, last chance to really dive out bail if you need to bail, but hopefully you are still with us for the long Hall, because we got a lot to say and we're going to see how fast we can get it out because we're excited.
1: Yeah. If you haven't watched Loki yet, press pause, go watch it, trust us, it's worth it, and then come on back and hear our thoughts and uh, we'd love to hear yours too. So let's go. So
0: obviously where they left us last week was uh, Loki and Sylvie basically enchanted Eliath. And opened, parted the seas, and there was a castle, and that's where our big bad was located, and they headed on into the castle. So we picked up pretty much right at that point. But of course, the more interesting aspect is that we started this episode going through the Marvel logo with lots of quotes from past movies, whenever they would show the actors during the uh, Marvel logo bumper reveal. And no. then they, we started jumping through a timeline and multiple universe. I mean, we started jumping through a timeline there a little bit until we realized that the castle that was inside Alioth was kind of like on a rock. And then it was like encircling it was the singularity timeline. Right. That That this whole show was based upon that we didn't want to have any nexus events that were going to cause any breaks and create a multiverse. And uh, so I thought that was an interesting way to open the show. Did you catch all the, anything that they said important? They were saying so much and whenever they do that, I get lost, but.
1: Yeah, I, I I caught a couple of them. Uh, I know they, they, I heard the line, Steve's line from, it was either civil war or winter soldier where he said like, I can do this all day. And I heard, uh, I thought I heard, star lord talking about the dance battle that he had with ronin and guardians of the galaxy uh black panther i heard in there a couple other ones they might have even been mixing them in with some other like real life things because i saw somebody said like they had a neil armstrong line in there or something like from Mm -hmm. uh u.s or world history yeah so that was cool it was it was interesting it was a hell of a way to start the episode and then we go into uh a shot of like fast camera through the cosmos and you're seeing planets and ships and stars and you kind of don't know what's going on. And like you said, then we see the rock uh, structure floating. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne <laughs> Johnson shows up cause he's in everything. Uh, he's Disney. He's the big bad. He's the, the big, big bad. It was the rock
0: dude. That would have, that, honestly, if those elevator doors opened and the rock was standing there, I probably still would have lost my shit
1: yeah black so, adam he's in this <laughs>
0: they're crossing uh, to dc
1: <laughs> uh that would have never happened uh yeah but then we saw the floating rock where the mansion or castle was um and like you said we're kind of just picking up right where the last episode left off sylvia and loki walking up to the castle which is you know a very cool looking uh area I liked I liked how that looked and everything and they're talking outside and you can tell Sylvie's kind of having a a moment she even says she's having a moment because she knows her whole life has kind of led to this this is what she's been waiting to do to bring down the TVA by any means necessary and Loki's kind of in it with her he's been on this journey as well and i was super excited man i was like man they're just getting right into this because the castle doors open and they step inside everything in there looks uh you know kind of menacing and dark and you see some statues up like hooded figures you can't tell who they are um and they're just moving in and this is still the first 10 minutes of the episode i'm like yeah man they're getting right into it and uh then miss minutes pops up all of a sudden just like a boom and she's right in front of her face like, hello. Yeah, how crazy <laughs> was Miss Minutes on this show? Like, just yeah. from
0: starting off in that first episode where she's just a propaganda cartoon character. And even just that little bit where she was talking to Loki and you're like, all right. But by the end of this thing, she became this almost menacing, like, thing as she does here in this scene where she pops up to make uh, Loki and Sylvie an offer. So I know you were about to head there. I just... No yeah we
1: still we still don't <laughs> we still don't even fully know what Miss minutes is. Um, she was only referred to later in this as she like they don't say who how she was created or really what she is so I wouldn't bet against Miss minutes appearing in future things. I mean I'm sure she will. Um, but yeah she had a fun little scene there with Loki and Sylvie telling them um, you know talking about their journey. And, she, and that's the first time she brings up the name that we're going to keep talking about in this episode, which is He Who Remains. Mm. Um, and apparently she's saying He Who Remains is who's here in this mansion, in this castle, and who is uh, behind this thing. And He Who Remains respects your journey, but he has an offer for you, um, and he basically Miss Minutes basically tells Loki and Sylvie, you know, who both have their swords out They're on like high alert at this point. She, she basically gives a deal to them saying, you know, turn around and walk away. And this is what could happen. He, who remains can, and she's talking to Loki can grant you um, everything you want, which is basically beating the Avengers uh, in Avengers one, if we got rewind our minds to that when he was battling them in the battle of New York, Mm -hmm. she basically says, you can win that fight. You can kill Thanos. You can be the victor and everything you ever wanted. And she says to Sylvie, he can make, you have nothing but happy memories and this and that and makes every sweetens it and makes it sound all, you know, super good. Um, And Loki and Sylvie end up refusing this offer and saying, you know, it's fictional Uh we carve our own path now. Watching this scene, I was kind of thinking the whole time, would pre-Loki Loki Loki have taken that deal? Or like is this just him, his growth he's had through this show? Has he really grown that much? Or do you think like for a second he thought about, yeah, that sounds pretty good? I would love to have beaten the Avengers and like be the all-time
0: I think he was a hundred percent tempted because I mean you could see it in his eyes. He was tearing up, he was like oh my God, that is all that I ever want. And I really think it was a, a crazy moment for him listening to this offer going and knowing like he's fully bought into everything that's going on. So I think he 100% de- agreed that, yeah, this could happen, that she could do this and mm-hmm. make this a reality. And then they even sweeten the pot by basically saying, Sylvie, you can be with him. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, what? You know, I, that just... <laughs> yeah they amped it up because it was one of those things where you knew they weren't going to take it. But the fact that they were throwing that much at them, when you know that's something that Loki's always wanted and coming off of this show, the throw Sylvie, like they were pushing hard for them not to go further. So it just amped up my excitement for going, what are we about to see? Because they, they just, they pumped it up like crazy to get them to that point of, turning down all that they've ever wanted i mean outside of sylvie who really this was the moment she always wanted but loki threw a wrench in her plans with their nexus event and their feelings and all their stuff so it was it was crazy man
1: yeah it was it was funny during that scene i was thinking in my mind because sylvie was the first one who turned that turned it down she was like the one who said it's all fiction and then loki said we 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 make our own destiny from now on in my mind i was like he was just waiting for her to say what she wanted to do like yeah in his mind he would be like oh that sounds pretty sweet i should i might think about that like "Ooh, me win me be the ruler of everything and my Uh, girls here hi (laughs) right he's like wait as soon as she said like in reality if this was real life as soon as she said it's all fiction he could have turned to her and be like so what it sounds great let's do it come on
0: (laughs) we don't know what's behind that door what if it's worse
1: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, what, they uh, refuse the deal and then keep advancing on into the castle.
0: Well, and that was, and that was when miss miss minutes mentioned. Yeah. Like, like you said, she dropped the, he who remains name, which is not is, is a character and a name through the comics. So it was already pointing at what was about to happen. But once again, we were sitting there going, they're not really going to do this on the show. Right. I mean, once again, coming back to what we said earlier, it's just a Disney plus show. They're not going to give us things that they said they weren't going to on the show are they and then the elevator and those elevator doors opened and they did they gave us everything (laughs) right there in that moment and it was so i yelled at the tv i said oh shit because i knew it just got real yeah it just got real tell them what was on the other side of the doors don
1: yeah man (laughs) who was sitting (laughs) Jonathan Majors sitting back there, man. Jonathan
0: Majors, man. Oof. And
1: uh, I, I had a reaction similar to yours. As soon as the doors opened, I, I just screamed at to the top of my lungs like, yes! <laughs> and like slammed my fist into the couch. And I'm watching it with my show, uh, watching it with my wife. And she was like, calm down. I was, like, I'm sorry. This is just exciting yeah. for me. This yeah. is very exciting for me. Uh, yeah, because like you said, we didn't... Th- we. The clues have been there through this whole series yes um but at the same time in our logical minds we thought well there's no way they could really do it how could they have filmed this all already and like he's been announced for ant-man to be the villain and so how could he already be in this and what what's going to happen but man marvel has had a plan this whole time clearly um Them telling us he's in Ant Man is not a lie, but it is also an exaggeration that that's his first appearance. Um, Or is it because those who know Kang, who will probably, I I assume, we'll just refer to him as Kang because it's easier. Yeah. Um, Even though this isn't Kang, but it is Kang, and we'll get into that. But having him announced in Ant Man Wasp could be true, and it is true, but this is his first appearance in the mcu and it's super exciting um to see and we're gonna talk all about them but i don't know man i was just kind of blown away by the but when those elevator doors open like you said it was kind of a not it wasn't a big bombastic first appearance when you imagine a villain appearing for the first time like your mind thinks oh they're gonna do this all slick and and a big scene where they turn around and he's in his full outfit and like, it's huge, but the choices they made, like the directorial choices were just kind of from a distance, the camera back and the doors just open and you could kind of see him, but then you finally realized who you were looking at and, you know, no big, no crazy music, no lights, no um, big sounds. It's just him sitting there in a chair and, once you realize what you're looking at, you're like, am I seeing what I'm actually seeing? Is this, is that really? And, the, and then he stands up and he starts walking, uh, man. And it was just a great, it felt great. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Now, now <laughs> for a quick recap, just for those who might not know, Jonathan Majors is the actor who was originally cast to play Kang the Conqueror, which is one of Marvel's big bads. And he was originally announced as casted as Kang in Ant-Man 3. So it was one of those things like, man, Kang, that's a big deal. and That's a big dude showing up in Ant-Man. All right, cool. But then, as we've talked about many times in this show, there were lots of hints of Jonathan Majors, the actor, as well as Kang, the character. And this is just like, man, Kang is tied to Ravona R- Renslayer. Um, there are all kinds of... like I mean, it was just screaming Kang. Like, But, of course, we came back to it, and we've said it on this show. They're not really going to do it here because... They already announced him for Ant-Man, plus it's a TV show. So the idea of Jonathan Majors showing up as Kang on Loki as his reveal, even though, as we said, and we're about to get into it, he wasn't technically Kang here. But we're going to get into that here in one second. But I have one more question for you before we jump into the show. Does this take away anything knowing that he was Kang? Or like, is trying to trying to put it together now we know that jonathan majors was cast as kang the conqueror for ant-man right if we didn't have that information and he just showed up and we had no idea who he was because we also have to think of it as a from a general audience perspective of people who don't pay attention to the casting and people who don't know who kang the conqueror is that was just a dude in an elevator and because they never even gave Uh him a character name Mm -hmm. where is the excitement and like i said we talked with our buddy uh tony about this and i asked him that exact question like what did that do for you and he was super pumped about jonathan majors because he likes the actor and he was down with what they did and the explanations but you and i are jumping up and down on our couches Mm -hmm. so i mean was this done good or bad do you think they could have if they, if we didn't know Jonathan Majors was going to be Kang and they did everything, do you wish you didn't know? I guess was my, is my question. Do you wish you didn't know Jonathan Majors was Kang that we didn't have the speculation or did it make it better that we knew?
1: Um, it's an interesting question because it's hard to know what I would think if I knew it wasn't Kang just because I do. So it's hard to put my mind in that place where Jump it's Jump in like, the
0: multiverse. Jump
1: in the multiverse. Oh, yeah. Find that version of my Don. Multi- <laughs> my multiverse version of Don who didn't know uh, would probably look at this as also enjoying the actor. I I watched Lovecraft Lovecraft Country, which I know him from most and liked that guy a lot. And um, as the show went on, if I didn't know it was Kang, I would just assume that this is a guy who's important just because Mm -hmm. they're making him, um, seem important, especially by the end of this episode. Um, but I will give that casual, a casual fan probably this didn't impact them or wasn't as hard hitting of a scene to them as it was to us or other people who are familiar with the comic books and Kang and, and and read casting news and everything. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, it's weird. I don't know if they made the right choice in announcing King pre-announcing King or not. Um, See, I think they, I think they, I think it's fine because I think
0: I was pumped because I knew who it was. And I was, as soon as those elevator doors opened, like you said, I reacted and I was excited and I was just like all in on what they were doing. Where if I didn't know, I would have been more like, okay. Who's that dude? Mm-hmm. And why is he just eating an apple in the elevator? And but by the end of this episode, I would be all in on who it was because Jonathan Majors did such a great job at being what he needed to be for this scene, for this show, for this moment. And I think ultimately it would have been I think it still would have paid off. At for a casual fan because from what i've heard like was when we talked with other people who are casual fans that was kind of the thing we got was that he did such a good job chewing the scenery and we're going to get into that here in a minute but i think that it's i think they did it perfectly
1: man yeah because even if you don't realize who he is by the end of this episode which we'll talk about as well the final scene of this show your mind just has to know that he is a big villain for the future of the mcu especially if you're you're not reading comic books but i'm assuming if you're watching loki you've probably seen a lot of the mcu and you know that everything's connected and you know that one thing bridges to the next thing bridges to the next thing the same thing as comic books one big story ends it's bookending to another big story that's going to start that's how they do it that's how they get you so um even if you didn't don't know who Kang is I feel like by the end of this show you're like okay I'm gonna see that guy again at least I know I'm gonna see that guy again so yes
0: you you know it's you know he's important and you know he's gonna be a, a an important villain when Marvel actually takes time to build him when we get a taskmaster on our hands, then we know okay, we don't have to give too much effort. But no more no emotional investment in taskmaster, but this guy you guys want
1: to get invested in because he's going to be around for a while. And
0: I think that's where we were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that Marvel has a villain problem uh our Black or Widow
0: episode. So check that out on Wednesday.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's listen, listen to listen to that. Marvel just has a traditional villain problem i've always felt except for a few exceptions like i said thanos and loki and you know you could even throw killmonger in that list but like a lot of other villains just kind of just are throwaway and don't have a lot of a lot of uh stuff that makes you want to invest in them but i like this that they're doing with jonathan majors is investing in him early planting the seeds and opening up a lot of ideas of where this villain is going to go to make him formidable and make you care. Uh, But anyway, we'll talk about all that. Um,
0: So, yeah. So then we basically have them going on an elevator ride. Sylvie tries to kill him a couple times after they realize that he's just a man. They're like, yep, you're easier to kill. But of course he keeps dodging out of the way with his temp pad and basically making it like, yep, nope, you can't kill me and he was laughing and chewing the scenery and it was awesome and i was just smiling my face watching this show uh then they got up to his office where he really kind of went into a monologue and he just i don't know man he just went into this monologue about who he was and basically gave us a similar but different version of the propaganda cartoon we got in the first episode right I mean, his story was extremely similar to what they said, but just little tweaks and a little bit more personalization. But it was very similar where basically he said he was from the 31st century. He said a bunch of names. I've been called Conqueror. I've been called Destroyer. I've been called all kinds of things. We're not going to worry about that. You know, and once again, kind of living up to that he who remains moniker. And uh, he gave basically an origin of basically he was a scientist from the 31st century who then realized there were multiple universes there, was able to open a door and found out that another version of him in another universe opened a door. And at first all of the different universes lived in peace and they were just sharing technology and becoming better and bettering their worlds. And then there were versions of him that weren't as good that decided they wanted to conquer the other timelines, which entered the multiverse war where they just started destroying, destroying, destroying. And this was the version of himself that was able to basically close those doors. And then he created the TVA to stop any uh, Nexus events from splitting off and opening the doors for the evil versions of himself to come into this timeline. So he kind of almost seemed like he isolated, from my understanding, And this is where I guess we can have a talk. It sounds like basically he isolated this universe from the other ones. So the other ones still are out there, Uh but he isolated this one and he's not letting any doors open. So he can't, these other versions of himself can't get to them. So he didn't necessarily wipe out multi, you know, other universes that are out there. They're just trying to find this one. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, that's what it mostly seemed like. Um, all this Kang's explanation was super interesting stuff. Oh yeah, uh, and honestly, if in this in the MCU going forward, if stuff's going on that people might not understand that has to do with multiverse. This is going to be the point where you can tell people if they don't understand, like go watch Loki episode six, if you want a full explanation of yep. the multiverse, because he, he like laid it all out there on the table. He said, this is how this works. He was kind of telling it from the viewpoint of himself. And he's like the central figure of all this. Um, but one line I wanted to talk about that was really fun to me uh at some point he during his monologue um when he was talking about like he's protecting this timeline loki said loki said to him what are you so afraid of and he said for a long he like sat there for a long time and didn't say anything and then he said me mm-hmm. which is like foreshadowing his variants which um is the main theme of what he's talking about like he's trying to keep the versions of him that he considers worse and more dangerous than him that he's seen and he's had you know firsthand contact with he's trying to keep them away this he who remains variant or not variant he who remains guy it's hard to understand it's hard to pin down what he exactly is is he a villain or is he a good guy or is Mm -hmm. he like the classic villain who thinks he's the good guy right um so i found that either way
0: You can look at it either way with that idea that of what he was doing, does that make him a villain? If he's taking away people's free wills, does that make him a villain or does he just know more and protecting and does that make him a good guy? So, you know, it, it depends on how you want to look at that. So it makes it a very gray
1: character, which was
0: interesting enough, but he also definitely foreshadowed that there were worse things out there than him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of the point. And, um, he kind of told he told Sylvie you know one of the one of his good lines in there was when he yelled at her to grow up when she was talking about you know um you ruined my life and he was like it's not personal this is just what i'm trying to do yeah uh, that was all great stuff i don't know I, yeah. I i i liked all every scene this guy did um the just the way he delivered the lines were so weird and and but so perfect at the same time yeah like uh some unexpected delivery there and like some really long pauses in in his delivery of the lines which started to feel uncomfortable but in a good way yeah like man he's taking a long time to get to these to what he's saying but like it works so well i don't know i just wanted to mentioned no it
0: it was like willy wonka man he was all over the place and he just seemed like he was having the time of his life like he hasn't talked to another person outside of miss minutes and you know forever and who even knows if he talked with her because he didn't even realize that he was still being called he who remains when they mentioned that he was like oh she's still calling me that okay cool um so i mean it's how long has it been since he even interacted with anybody In a a face-to-face sense, like he was with these Lokis. So it was very, very interesting to see. And then we realized that he was really kind of paved the way for them to get as far as they did, because he wanted to make them another offer outside of the one Miss Minutes gave, which basically said, hey, I want you to take my place and keep this going because I can't do it anymore. So once again, it kind of comes back to the Willy Wonka analogy where he's like, you know, take over my candy factory. And you guys can just do it together and live and have all of the power that you want and keep the timeline going because I can't do it anymore. You know, so then it became the giant struggle between Loki and Sylvie as Loki is being offered ultimate power, which is what he's been looking for and why he wanted. I mean, that was his whole plot from the first episode. I'm going to find the timekeepers and I'm going to take over the TVA. I mean, that was his goal initially, but then he's changed so much and had all these things with sylvie and sylvie was there to kill everybody so it's like what he's offering is perfect for loki but not for sylvie so then it became them butting heads as figuring out what are we gonna do and that i thought was an interesting swerve to throw at them as well
1: yeah it it was and that before that like before um well no he made them the offer but then at some point um he, what happened was what he referred to as a threshold in the knowledge yeah threshold that he had, in time like, a threshold in time uh he'd been in all his scenes previously he he like how he was able to dodge their attacks and know what's going on like he had this knowledge because he said he's lived a thou a million lives um he knew everything that was going to happen that has happened this and that that's why he's you know Created this TVA and done all this, but at some point, something during their conversation, something happened where all of a sudden he just ceased to know what the future held. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I was kind of confused about because we still don't know. I don't know if they'll explain this later, but they probably won't. <laughs> but like what? What happened? What happened that caused that? Was that just supposed to be a random coincidence that at this very moment he's going to stop knowing the future? Uh, I I I didn't fully understand that. I think he
0: always hit that spot. And I think it was always what happens next or what version of him comes and takes over or something. But I think that there was always, because he even said, you know, no matter what you do, I'll be back. So. You know, he was like, you guys can strike me down, but I'll be back. You guys can do this, but I'll be back because I've done it before. So I think it just kind of becomes a thing where once you, they hit kind of the end of time, then it's like, well, what happens now? And yeah, I don't, I could use a little bit more explanation in that, but I mean, that was how I felt that it kind of was that it was still, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I do know I'm going to come back, (laughs) you know, but yeah, that's, that's a weak explanation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so too, but one way or another that happened and that's when Loke, uh, Sylvie finally found her, saw her opportunity to be able to, um, you know, kill him mm-hmm. because that's been her plan this entire time is anybody involved with the TVA or once I find who's in charge of this thing, I'm taking them out because the TVA basically ruined her entire life. Yep. Um. So, you know, she's never swayed from her mission. And then, so that does begin what you were talking about, what you were alluding to, the uh, clash of ideas between Loki and Sylvie. Um, Loki believes what the man, the one who remains, the man who remains is saying and um, Sylvie doesn't. And they kind of have a, they kind of have a moment where it's kind of escalating and you can tell they're going to about, about to, you know, come to blows or, you know, some physicality is going to happen. Loki doesn't want to, we know how he feels about Sylvie and we think Sylvie feels the same way about him, but they're so separated mentally on what is the right thing to do here that they kind of have no choice. Mm -hmm. And um, so we do get a scene here. The only real action in this episode, but it is, you know, important action is them fighting each other. Uh, something we haven't seen yet because they've always kind of been on the same side. Well, we did see it early when they didn't know each other. Yeah. Um,
0: been a couple episodes. Yeah. Back.
1: yeah. I thought that was a good scene. Uh, the, the choreography was improved again from yep. previous episodes, both of them using their magic on each other and some sword play. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Mm -hmm. By the end of it, though, when it seems like Sylvie has gotten the better of Loki and she's finally going to get her kill shot in on uh, he who remains because he no longer has his knowledge, Um, Loki teleports in front of her and she stops short and they have a pretty important scene there where we get some stuff that loki says a lot of stuff that we all know he's been thinking and feeling but he kind of confesses to um sylvie that he's not interested in the throne which she's accused him of that he's betrayed her he's like no i don't want that i'm not that person anymore i've grown the only thing i care about is if that you're okay that was a nice scene right
0: yeah and i and i loved the quandary they found themselves in where basically he says you know you can't trust and i can't be trusted so what do we do and i thought yeah, that, that was fun. that was you know just such a you know yeah that's exactly what it was you know
1: yeah that's what led to this whole clash between them is because that is the truth about them yeah it's it's you know
0: 100 true
1: yeah even he who remains said that king that he was alluding the whole time like who you don't trust anybody who can you trust and like yeah she can't that's been her whole that's been her whole life she can't trust anybody we were starting to believe she could trust our loki loki prime Mm -hmm. but clearly uh at the end of this you know they have their first kiss which i noticed that sylvia initiated so that was nice interesting but uh,
0: (laughs) um yeah but now then you find out about 10 seconds later why she initiated it
1: (laughs) yeah she kinda wants to throw him off his game because she's gonna send him back through a time portal. Yep. Uh because she steals the pad from Kang during the fight, and she sends Loki back through this time portal. Um, so she can finally get what she wants, and it's like, oh man. This this uh She just used his one weakness yeah. to kick yeah. him back to the TVA. Yeah. This road that they've taken together this whole time she took advantage of it. Yeah. So then it's it's like, did
0: it mean? Did she just become the big bad of this show?
1: Yeah, that that could be one way to think of it, you, you know, if you really think about it big picture.
0: But let's circle back before we get to what happens when Sylvie was left alone with He Who Remains. And we hit the end of this show. Let's jump back to our friends across time and the people at the TVA because we had Ravona Renslayer who was sitting there trying to figure out what she was going to do now because we left her kind of hanging last week. Um, Mobius walked through the portal at the end of episode five. So he came back to the TVA and said he was going to burn it to the ground. So we had some good interactions with the two of them basically, 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 basically. Basically saying, you know, right. hey, I want to keep the TVA going and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And Moby is saying it's not real. You know, we're variants. We had lives. We're this. We're that. Um, so you had a nice conversation between the two of them. Um, the Ravona then pulls out a temp pad to basically try to summon D90 to her office. But Mobius tells her it won't work this time. And Everyone Knows Your Secret, which was basically they showed in a previous episode that Mobius, when he was in her office, showed that he was signing stuff with the Franklin D. Roosevelt High School pen. And he questioned if it was a keepsake, keepsake from another favorite analyst of hers. And they never talked about it, but then they showed Hunter B-15, who lured some of the other people who were hunting her, to that high school where they realized that Ravona was a principal there. And basically showing immediately that she's a variant and basically completely exposing the TVA. So now all of the TVA people know that this isn't real anymore. So Ravona's kind of exposed at that and i think it was either before or after that we had miss minutes who did show up to ravona and downloading some information on her temp pad basically saying here's this isn't exactly what you wanted but this is what i can give you so we don't know what that data was but she looked at it and her eyes got wide so we don't really know what that was um yeah
1: i think she kind of also miss minutes said like he thinks this will be more important to you yeah there it is yeah so that was that was a cool little tease, maybe for something that'll happen in the future. Because, like you said, they didn't reveal what that is. We yeah. don't know what it is.
0: No, and Ravona basically escaped through a time portal. She, you know, eluded Mobius when he tried to prune her, and she got it, got kind of got the better. And Mobius was laying there like, "Just do it, come on." And I was like, "Oh man, you can't just prune Owen Wilson when he's just so vulnerable."
1: <laughs> it was funny to me that that like that's the only action physicality that owen wilson had through this entire show and all he did did. was like try to hit somebody with a prune stick and got kicked in his chest and fall fell to the ground yeah he's definitely not a fighter the that one
0: no but then then she disappeared through a time portal and we have no idea where she went what she's doing now in the comics ravona renslayer is tied to kang in many different ways so we can assume that sh- that's where she's headed, and she's once again going to be another popular character or a you know, kind of come back around one way or another. Um, but I thought it was, yeah, the main focus of this episode was to talk all about Kang, He Who Remains, Loki, Sylvie, what they were doing, getting explanations of the timeline. But there was a lot of nice Loki tv show stuff like that all that all stuff with loki and kang that's all tied into the mcu larger picture but i think a lot of the renslayer mobius stuff that's all just kind of loki the tv show and i thought it was a nice way to balance these two things together to keep it all one that makes sense
1: yeah i agree um the scene those scenes were good just for the fact that they had to tie up a few of those loose ends. I mean, you had to have some TVA scenes with Renslayer and Mobius to kind of complete their circle as much as you can, just in the first season of, an, of, a, of a show. The thing that Loki, or the thing that Mobius said to Ravona as she's going through the door is, where are you going to go? And she said, in search of free will. So that's very open-ended. We don't know where she's going to show up next uh could be a movie it could be a, another disney plus show we don't know um i found her character pretty engaging through this entire series she she did a pretty good job of her in her portrayal um a lot of theories about her that proved untrue some proved you know could be true in the future those scenes were important to this episode and the series as a whole i say Yeah, man. So once we got through that,
0: we hit up, uh, we went headed right back to Sylvie and he who remains, who was left alone. And basically that was where I think I said something about it similar earlier, where she was kind of right there, ready to kill him. And she's like, you're not going to beg for your life. And he goes, it doesn't matter. No, you know, he was like, you either take my offer and I go move on or you kill me and I'll be back. It is what it is.
1: He was just like when she said that he was just kind of smirking smiling laughing oh he did it perfectly! like no way no way in the world is this guy begging for his life come on um yeah that was that was like a perfect reaction like super just like psychological scary creepy he even called himself creepy in this episode like that's how he kind of played it the whole time yeah so i like i liked i liked that a lot um yeah, but then she does end up doing what she came there to do, and stabs him with her sword. And then after that, as he's dying, I think we got the best line in this entire show. Oh, it made me. I, this entire I, I, episode.
0: Yeah, I had another like audible. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It was so good. He gave, he gave her the little wink and said, "See you soon," oh. um, which is like you know. The most badass moment. thing to do ever yeah because everything he said now you know especially for those of us who have an idea of what's coming like yeah he's like i told you that this is what's going to happen and now this is what's going to happen you're going to see the variance of me that i'm i was trying to keep from this world because this you chose the path so now you know that's what's going to happen and I mm-hmm. thought that was great great line man
0: it was so great and he just delivered it with that wink and that smile as he died and it was just like oh shit things just got real like we just didn't believe and now we know why King the Conqueror was announced as the villain of Ant-Man 3 which made Ant-Man 3 so much more interesting
1: <laughs> yeah for sure and now we can kind of talk about um, I mean we'll talk about the ending of this too, but um I'm interested to see just the use of Jonathan Majors in general, yeah, in the future of what's going on, because he referenced not just variant. If he only referenced variant, like, well, it's King the Conqueror is gonna be, you know, in this and this and this, he's the next big bad But he said variants, you know, plural. Yeah. yeah. So meaning there's multiple evil versions of Kang or he who remains that are going to show themselves to us in future MCU projects. Um, And I I think that shows a lot of faith on Marvel's part in Jonathan majors as an actor, because they're basically telling us by saying this like, this dude is going to be in a lot of stuff. We told you, we told you he's going to be in ant man and the wasp as Kang. Great. Kang can be in that, but a Mortis might be in Doctor Strange or uh, another variant of Kang might be in a um, post credit scene in Spider-Man. We still don't know who the villain is in Eternals. It could be another different variant of Kang who is the villain of Eternals. Like there's so many options right now of what they can actually do with this guy and make like his importance just go through the roof. And that's a really exciting thing to me, being a fan of him and this performance he just gave us in this 45-minute episode, mm-hmm. knowing what this guy could do with this character, um, kind of in the way that Tony Stark connected everything up until now. Like, Kang could be the guy. Jonathan Majors could be what connects, you know, MCU moving forward into what it's going to be. So yeah. just I'm really became, excited by that. He just became Phase 4. <laughs> yeah. I mean, realistically, he just became
0: phase four. He's clearly going to to be uh, uh, the sticking point or the villain in season two of Loki. So we have a variant in Loki. We have a variant in Ant-Man. Then, like you said, where else is he going to show up? Is he going to show up in Spider-Man? Is he going to show up in Doctor Strange? Is he going to show up in Eternals? Is he going to show up? you know, where does he show up next and how often and how many movies do any of these movies need another villain besides him? <laughs> Did he sign like a 15 yeah.
1: movie contract? Seriously. Like yeah. the only movie I can, the only movie I can think of, I mean, I'm sure I'm wrong, but I don't think there's an Eternals villain announced yet. I, and even if there was, I wouldn't know. Cause I don't, I don't know yeah. the Eternals that well. Uh Shang-Chi we know already has theirs, but like, we all know Christian Bale is playing Gore the God Butcher in Thor. So he's the villain there. Yeah, But, I mean, Kang could be involved in that. And I'm sure Spider-Man has its villains. But, man, a post credit scene with Kang, it's not out of the question. And Doctor Strange, we don't know what's going on there. So bottom line is we think he's going to be heavily involved in in the future of the MCU and rightly so he should be after seeing this performance. Like it's the best I've felt about a Marvel villain in a long time.
0: Yeah. This debut was perfect and I was excited about it. And regardless of whether or not I wish I didn't know, it doesn't matter. I knew and it was great and I loved it. And like I said, that line delivery at the end just opened up. Oh shit. What is about to happen? And we got a little tease of it after that, because then we showed Loki back to the TVA completely just distressed that he was left hanging. And uh, just completely got used by his love for Sylvie. And then he got kicked through the time portal back to the TVA. And then they cut to uh, him just getting up running. Like, I'm out of here. I'm running. And uh, he starts running. And then they cut to... uh, Because after Sylvie stabbed he who remains and killed him, we saw the timeline that was encircling the... Castle start to like break off. So all these Nexus events. And then they cut to the TVA with B fifteen and Mobius looking at their temp pads and the screen, basically saying, This is you know crazy. And they're showing basically all of these timelines past the red line and basically allowing it all to happen. And they're like, Is this really what we want? And you know, B-15's like, This is what he wants, and they're kind of talking about real eerily, like, okay what is going on and who are they talking about and very questioning and then loki shows up and basically says hey yeah we did something bad we got to he who remains we know who's behind it all um yeah so we killed him and who's coming is worse and he just basically laid out like all of his sins for them to just judge him on and they looked at him and they said i'm sorry who are you (laughs) which is not what you want when you're bearing your soul to somebody you do not want them to yeah. say who are you
1: <laughs> it's true that was that was a little uh swerve right there that we it got really was. Didn't, didn't see that one coming um and then it's what loki kind of looking off into the distance with this glazed over look on his face and the timekeeper statue that has been there the throughout the entire show has now morphed into um, something that looks more like Jonathan majors, the yes. actor in his traditional f- straight from the comics, Kang gear, mm-hmm. just minus the helmet. Um, it's like his war armor. So yeah, I know we talked about yeah. this a little, we talked about this scene a little bit before and I was like, I'm not sure where they are. Maybe this is just whatever, but like the more I thought about it, I just, I, I'm a, was in agreement with you that yeah, now Loki has been transported probably to a timeline where Kang is running to to hide.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Kang's not trying to hide. He's out there. He's, he's the ruler of the TVA and there's no mystery. uh, No timekeepers fake out like Kang is straight up. Loki is now in a timeline where Kang is, you know, the ruler of this, what's going on. So, yeah that's crazy yeah
0: and we got we got this and we've said it multiple times on the show so you know it's coming but at the end of the credits we did get the stinger that loki will return in season two so we know we got another six episodes of loki coming which is awesome and this was kind of obviously what this season next season will be about i imagine is loki trying to get back to his mobius and his tba and sylvie and fix something but where does that lie into with all of the uh marvel mcu movies that happen that are all going to be directly in, impacted by this um, lots so many questions but yeah i really i do think i know i've heard it both ways whether or not that was the original timeline that just shifted and changed because she killed he who remains or if loki got shifted to another timeline i'm gonna stick with he got shifted to another timeline and is trying to gonna spend a season trying to return because that seems to me that makes the most sense that we'll have two Mobiuses out there this version that doesn't know who loki is and we'll have our good version that i bought a funko pop of that's waiting <laughs> for him to come back
1: yeah that does make the most sense because if if the whole if the whole timeline we know that we've been watching every mcu movie is like that timeline the one that he who remains has been protecting like yeah. bear with me here. Hang with me on this. this yeah. talk, Cause it gets confusing. Yeah. So, so the timeline we've been watching is the one he who remains has been protecting. Um, I don't think that all of a sudden now what we're watching is a whole different one. That Kang is the ruler of the TVA and everybody already knows about Kang. Mm-hmm. I still like that. I feel like our world is still separate from their world. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And Loki's just Loki is now in that world, and he has to find a way back. Yeah, because because
0: uh, Sylvie, we were past the point of no return—the time mm-hmm. variance or whatever he called it. So, Kang or He Who Remains didn't know what was happening. You could see in the background the splits coming as soon as they mm-hmm. passed that that time variance. You saw this timeline starting to split and starting to starting to split, and that's why. Uh, he who remains kept saying, you guys got to make a decision. You know, we're out of time and we were kind of at the end of time. So you had to make a decision. And then that was when she stole his temp pad and kicked him through the door. So I think that she had no control. Of course, when you're on a single timeline with no variances and no nexus events that are opening up new doors, you're going to go right where you need to go. But she opened that portal at the time when time was shifting and multiverses were starting to gain access and you saw the splits in the singular, singular timeline that we've been in. So it would make sense that she didn't know where she was booting him. So she booted him to another timeline. And like you said, Loki's going to get firsthand. What, he's going to see firsthand what a bad version of Kang looks like.
1: <laughs> it's true. He'll be the first one to see it. And I don't know. 1.21 gigawatts, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. There's a... A lot going on and a lot to lot to take in. Uh, but I'm here for every minute of it.
0: When is Ant-Man 3?
1: Are you looking it up right now? I'm trying to, two. yeah. Um, we, we know it's in Phase 4. It's one of these movies coming up, but I think it's...
0: 2023 still... is what IMDb says currently.
1: Yeah, I mean, we still have Doctor Strange and Spider-Man... Before that, which are both movies we think will deal with timeline multiverse issues before Ant-Man comes out, Mm -hmm. Um, we still don't know the full story behind Eternals. One thing I keep thinking back to now, like, it's funny how you look at things in hindsight, but like the Eternals trailer, there's a line in there where they say, we've never intervened until now. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, now we kind of have an idea of why they're intervening because the timeline is jacked up. And yeah. <laughs> um that could be what finally brings them out. Like everyone's had these things like, Well, why didn't the if the Eternals are this giant group who like is overseeing everything, why weren't they there during uh Ultron or why didn't they pop out during Thanos' takeover? Like maybe that's maybe that stuff wasn't as important as what's going on to them now. Maybe right. now the MCU timeline shift and multiverse war is something that finally wakes them up and they say, yeah, we're going to finally get involved. And this is all speculation. I could be wrong, but that would be so cool if that was true. Uh, We're definitely going to find out. One of the things that it's crazy to me about the Eternals is this idea too, is because we're
0: thrown off from these movie releases due to COVID. So wasn't the Eternals supposed to be out? How does the Eternals line up? Like this year almost seems like, the Disney plus shows are ahead of the movies because Shang-Chi were kind of, I mean, I'm really not, I'm assuming that there's not going to be anything about this in Shang-Chi.
1: Maybe not. Shang-Chi might be, I mean, going back in time a little bit, perhaps, or I mean, we have the abomination thing
0: and Wong is in there, which ties to Dr. Strange, which just ties. So, I mean, there could be a tease or could be something, but I mean, from my understanding, if I'm remembering correctly, Shang-Chi was supposed to come out before mm-hmm. Loki. You know, we're, we're hitting these MCU movies that were supposed to come out last year and I don't remember when Loki was originally scheduled to air, but
1: Yeah, because the Disney Plus shows got delayed too because of COVID along with the movies, so yeah. that could have just they could have all just stayed the same it's true. Uh, in the stories they were telling. But I guess that's kind of interesting. We'll find out how everything connects if it's different than what it was supposed to be. Yeah. But I'm sure they figured out a way to make it all make sense.
0: Oh, um, yeah. I'm sure they did. But, yeah. I'm sure they did. I'm not. I, I I trust in Marvel.
1: Another thing I was thinking about, you know, we talked about the What If trailer. Yeah. Uh, in our last Loki episode, yeah. Like, what? What if now, (laughs) the what if show is all connected to this? Like, what if that's just stories of timeline f ups that have happened that never should have been? Like, this is stories of well, this is what happens. This is what this turned into because the timeline shift that happened at the end of Loki. You know, what if it? Mm -hmm. What if that is more connected than we originally thought it would have been? I'm.
0: Hiddleston is hinting that that is very important to the MCU. He, he did yeah. that on, a, uh, he, on Jimmy Fallon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, because he said, here's his quote. He said, I'm intrigued about what if, because I haven't seen the whole thing. And I know they've got everybody from Marvel Universe to voice their characters. And it sets up a whole bunch of stuff in the MCU, which I know nothing about. Right. So, so you know, this article that I'm looking at over on msn.com, however, I ended up here, I'll never know. <laughs> but it says, you know, so far, what if seemed like it was gonna be, and we talked about this before, a series of unrelated multiverse stories that'll stand apart from the wider universe. But now you hear Tom Hiddleston really selling that what if, and as you just said that show might actually be more important than we realize like this could really be the first doorway into the multiverse and seeing how things are different and how things are gonna change so it's crazy to think about but yeah Hiddleston is teasing that what if now whether or not Disney just said hey go make people think this is more important than it actually is that's a whole other thing you know but it's interesting to think about as you just said it and I I agree I mean this is still, regardless of if it actually matters in the long run, we're still seeing versions of the multiverse that has now been created.
1: Yeah. Now I'm, I'm totally believing that it could be that, that it, the, those episodes, if they're standalone or whatever, but it could be a, a reply to what we've just seen happen in Loki, the timeline branching out. And now there's, this is, wrong over here and this has happened over here that's not supposed to be this way and this is not supposed to be this way but this is this that could just be what what if is you know a complete reply to the end of loki
0: can you imagine if the first episode of what if starts and it is an animated version of sylvie killing he who remains and as soon as she plunged that knife in him we they cut to the watcher waking up and being able to like peer into things can you imagine how dude i would explode i would i would i would explode if that happened if i if all of a sudden they tied it in that tightly that would be so so Ooh, cool.
1: that'd, that'd be pretty dope yeah i you would should, i feel like, oh. you should write for, you should write for marvel studios my man because that would have been that'd be that so cool that would be nice if they did that
0: that'd be so cool man
1: So overall, man,
0: how do you feel about Loki? Where do you think? Last question, then we can, you know, move on with our night. But how do you feel Loki stacked up Disney Plus shows? Like we've gotten three now. We've talked about all of them here on this podcast. Well, WandaVision we missed, but we talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You and I have talked about WandaVision how do you feel about just Loki as a whole? Now that we've gotten through one season and is the first Disney plus show that we're getting a second season on. So how did, how did you think about Loki overall?
1: Uh, I loved Loki overall, man. Um, I thought it was really good. Minus some issues with episode three, but besides, besides that I didn't really have any issues with it. It was a little, you know, lighter on the action and, you know, heavier on the exposition than Falcon and Captain America or what was that show called again? I already forget Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. And um, you know, maybe on par with <clears throat> Wanda in that respect, but like I think that the show was great. I feel like it accomplished what it set out to do, like a nice bridge between what was what we thought was going on and what the big picture of phase four really is. Like it really accomplished that. Um, it may have served fans of the comics a little better than maybe casual fans. Um, I can't speak for how, what a casual fan would think about the show because yeah. like we, we immerse wow. ourselves in the comics and everything. Um, but for me, it was very satisfying, like beginning middle end and, um, I couldn't wait between episodes for the next one to see what was going to happen. Each, each episode ended with a, a stinger or cliffhanger, whatever you want to call it, that it really had you on the edge of your seat waiting for the next week, one through six. Um, as far as ranking goes and for the Disney plus shows, I put this right there with WandaVision, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, maybe even a little better. This one might have been my favorite one so far. Um, And that's not to say anything bad about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I like that show a lot, but it was just like presented in a different way. And, you know, I might rank that at the bottom, but still a damn good show. Uh, So, yeah. Count me as a fan of Loki. Yeah, I, uh,
0: I agree with you with all that. I would put Loki towards the top. Overall, I think it had the biggest impact. WandaVision comes in at number two because I think it next, once again, had the next biggest impact. Um, for where we're going with the MCU and really setting up Dr. Strange and kind of her as a character and being a big player coming through into phase four. Um, once again, I'd put Falcon and winter soldier at the bottom, but that's not, doesn't mean it's the bottom. The biggest thing with that one is we knew where it was going. It was one of those things where it's like soon as, you know, I mean, Cap handed Sam the shield at the end of Endgame and said, here you go do it now for me. So, I mean, they could have just went to captain America Four and had Sam be captain America and we would have been fine with it. I loved the journey that Sam went on. I loved that. We were able to see him feel like he earned or felt like he truly deserved the shield by the end of that show. And I'm glad we got those six episodes because it means more now that he has the shield than it would have if he just showed up in a movie or they tried to truncate that down into like, you know, the opening of a movie. So I'm grateful that it exists, but I mean, just, it was a, it was a revelation that obviously was happening, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, it had the smallest impact on phase four and where, where the MCU was going. And that's the only reason I would put it at the bottom, but no, it was, great and i i'm i think loki is known for being the better one because it's the only one that got the season two
1: <laughs> yeah that was the best maybe the best af- mid-credits scene we've ever seen the announcement of season two because we weren't sure that was going to exist until we saw that
0: when i so missed it i missed the, i because i fast forward like i skipped through and saw the little box on the bottom of my tv looking to see if there was another scene i didn't see another scene so i missed it and i was not i was not prepared for there to be a cliffhanger for the show so i was extremely confused because i didn't immediately see and it wasn't until later when i kind of jumped online again and then i saw that that was a thing and i was like oh, okay that makes way more sense but i'm sitting there like i was not prepared so when they cliffhangered us at the end of this episode i was like wait when am I going to get resolution where are we going I'm like I was not prepared for that at all so it was good to jump online for the first time and actually be spoiled something that I needed to be spoiled for my enjoyment (laughs) of the show
1: yeah season two formally announced and we know what's going to happen I did see a thing today that said that the director showrunner will not be returning for season two which I thought thought was kind of weird that is weird Um, but I feel like they'll find a suitable replacement somebody to do it that's what they always do marvel tends to run through these directors and executive producers a lot and they just keep their vision you know tunnel vision so that should be fine but um yeah i'm 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 interested to see when a season two would be and what we'll have seen in between like will we see loki again before loki season two might he pop up in Dr. Strange? Might he pop up somewhere else? That's the fun of these MCU yeah. things is you don't know what you're going to get from movie to show to movie to show. You don't know who's going to be doing what. Um, it's just a really long narrative that we've all been on this road with each other for, I don't know how many years, over 10 years now. And yeah. it's all feels like it's telling the same story, but it just keeps finding ways to rejuvenate itself. Um, right. So it's been a lot of fun. And what's next? Shang-Chi in in
0: September? Well, we got What What If on on August August 11th. So we are rolling through, yeah, August 11th. We'll get What If, then we move into Shang-Chi in September. And I don't know. And then I think Hawkeye will lead into Eternals. Eternals will lead into Spider-Man. Our brains will explode and we will be here to capture all of it.
1: Yeah, man, I'm having a great time with all of it, and it's been a lot of fun, especially after a year of nothing because of a virus. Getting all this stuff is like soup for the soul. What's that old book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, that we used to make fun of for (laughs) our friend's mom having? Uh, (laughs) Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Uh, The MCU is Chicken Soup for My Soul, so I'm enjoying it.
0: I couldn't have said it better myself. I want to thank you guys for coming along on our chicken soup with the soul journey. And uh, <laughs> as we decided to experiment and talk about this show on its own, hope you guys enjoyed these episodes. Definitely let us know what you guys thought of Loki as a season. If you want us to keep doing standout episodes just let us know we're we are here for all of it and we, we're taking each one of these disney plus shows and everything one at a time we thought this worked out best for loki and with the content that we ended up getting out of this show i 100 percent agree that we needed to talk about it immediately and not try to cram it into our regular show um, we will be back on wednesday depending on when you're listening to us with our black widow talk we did already record it it's good so make sure you check it out, subscribe to the show if you are not already subscribed. So you do not miss our Black Widow conversation. I think that's going to wrap us up, Don. You agree?
1: Oh yeah, man. You said it perfectly right there. It's been a lot of fun. Loki's Loki was a lot of fun to talk about with you. We, we both love this stuff and uh, it's just fun to get your thoughts on it and open up to new perspectives i'm i'm glad we both enjoyed the show and i don't know thanks loki thanks marvel
0: there you go well let's go see if we're gonna play warzone avengers tonight so we are gonna wrap up this (laughs) show so until next time i'm chris and i'm done and thanks for listening to the raise the geek podcast where we all
1: speak geek